Welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. The vision of Colonial Church is to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church right here in the heart of St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. But hey, we're in a series at the moment called Planted and Flourishing. And I'm loving this series. It's actually a remix of an old series we did couple of years ago, but of all the series that we've done, this has been the one where we've had the most amount of feedback and the most that we keep coming back to because truly it is a promise to believers in Psalm 92, and we're going to read it again in a moment, but it's a promise. And the psalmist says, they are planted in the house of the Lord and they flourish in the courts of our God. And I love this series because it really embodies what we believe when it comes to God's house, that it truly should be central in your life that there's no greater organization than the church because Jesus runs the church. Jesus is the head of the church. So if you've got your Bibles, why don't you open with me to Psalm 92. We're going to read it again. But it says this, It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night, to the music of the lute and the harp, to the melody of of the liar, for you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the work works of your hands I sing for joy. How great are your works, O Lord, your thoughts are very deep. The stupid man cannot know, the fool cannot understand this, that though the wicked sprout like grass and all evildoers flourish, they are doomed to destruction forever. But you, O Lord, are on high forever. For behold, your enemies, O Lord, for behold, your enemies shall perish. All evildoers shall be scattered. In verse 10, you have exalted my horn like that of the wild ox. You have poured over me fresh oil. My eyes have seen the downfall of my enemies. My ears have heard the doom of my evil assailants. And here it is in verse 12. The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. They still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. I want to preach a message tonight, part four of this series. The title, if you take your notes, you can write it down. Part four of this series, Planted and Flourishing. The title tonight is this, I am a gardener. I am a gardener. Come on, let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for your word, Lord. We pray it would breathe life into people tonight, that there would just be something about coming under your word, Lord, the teaching, the preaching of your word, and the covering that your word is, Lord, that it would breathe life into people, that people would just get a glimpse of something different in your word tonight, Lord, and that ultimately you would speak to your people, and that there would be something that rises up on the inside and causes us to live for you in an even greater way, than we have before in Jesus' name. And we all said together, amen. So there's been a progression in this series from seed to soil. I thought my wife last week did an amazing job preaching about water. I said to someone on between services last week, said to someone walking out, said, you know, that was some of my best preaching today. We just had a laugh and it's kind of true. Seed, soil, water, and now for the next part, gardening. A gardener. When you think about it, you could switch it out and put caretaker, attendant. 
But there's this picture of a gardener, a caretaker, an attendant that I love that sort of points to stewardship and faithfulness that I don't think we could go through this series and do this series justice unless we talked about that, unless we looked at God's uh, word when it came to a caretaker, a gardener. Jill and I recently went on a trip for spring break. We, we sailed down to a marina and we stayed in this marina and it was great. We stayed for a couple of nights with the kids and it was somewhere new that we'd never stayed before and so we were meeting new people and I'll never forget the marina kind of caretaker, the guy that was sort of looking after everything at the marina, but I was just in awe of this guy because of the way he went about his job as a caretaker of this marina. I mean, he was the guy that was there to catch the lines for all the boats and he was there for the, to get, the, uh, to get the, uh, the guests everything they need. And... But I learned something about this guy and, and it came from someone else that worked at the marina too, but they said, yeah, this guy, Mr. J., that was his name, Mr. J. He would get to the marina an hour early before his shift every day. And he would go to every single boat in the marina and check every single line. And he would check every single line and he would feel the tension on the line and he'd kind of take into consideration the tides and the size of the boat and the size of the slip and everything like that. But he literally went to every single line to check on them, to take care of them, an hour before his shift started. I was just in awe. This guy just, he was taking care of his world. And I think it's a powerful thing. The attentiveness of a gardener is amazing. You know, when you think about a gardener, there's really two, to boil it down, there's sort of two things that make a good gardener. First is the skill level. You've got to be good at being a gardener, I guess. I'm not a gardener. I wouldn't really know, but you've got to be a gardener and you've got to have a certain level of skill and so maybe someone's showing you. Or what. So that's one part of it, but the other part of it is the faithfulness. The other part of being a good gardener, someone who looks after a, a field or an area or, or something going on in their world is the faithfulness that's attached to them, whether or not they are faithful. And I want to talk tonight about faithfulness. When it comes to being planted and flourishing in life, you cannot get past faithfulness. Faithfulness is just part of it. We, talk, we called it planted and flourishing. I could almost change it out and call it faithful and flourishing. Faithfulness is the key, but I'll get straight to the point tonight. I believe that faithfulness is one of the most attractive qualities you can have in life. Being faithful, faithfulness is one of the most attractive qualities you can have, especially when, as it relates to God. Faithful is a great word. I just love it. And I kind of threw it around. I was like, faithful, full of faith. I love that. Full of faith, faithful. But we're all called to be faithful in life. Faith, of course, is what we all know it to be. The assurance and the belief in a God who we can't see. Hebrews 11 verse 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen. So that's faith. But faithfulness is the process of living that truth out in our lives. Living it out according to that truth. Living it out through the seasons. That's faithfulness. It's outworked through the seasons of life. See, there's an aspect of being planted that you just can't get away from because if you want to stay planted, you've got to be faithful. I'll say it again. If you want to stay planted, you have to be faithful. There's no getting around it. But the enemy would love to tell you there's a shortcut. 
Or he says to you, oh, yeah, there's a shortcut, you know, it's just kind of hopping around. Being a free agent, you can't, you can't, you can't flourish unless you plant it. But the enemy would love to sell us the shortcut. See, here's the thing about God's principles, and I've said this before. Lots of people would like to say, oh, be planted and flourishing. Yeah, that's, that's old-fashioned, man. That's old-fashioned. Well, I like to think about God's word and his principles as not old-fashioned, but well-fashioned. I like, to, I like to think about God's word as not being old-fashioned, but always well-fashioned and in the right time, at the right place, exactly when I need it. I don't know about you, but being planted... And flourishing is exactly what I need, but I need to be faithful. I need to be faithful. Faithfulness is an attractive quality. Faithfulness leads us to the blessing of God. Faithfulness, it attracts the blessing of God because God honors faithfulness. But I love that idea of the faithful, people who are the faithful. I pray that that would be what people say about colonial church, oh, they're faithful people. You know, at Easter time, we're coming up to Easter, but in Australia, the newspapers at Easter time would always do this expose on all the, on all the major churches at Easter time. I'm sure they do the same thing here, different publications, but there'd always be this huge, like literally pages and pages and pages of the faithful going to church on Easter, the faithful. But I believe it extends beyond one date of a year Living faithful is something we can embrace every single day. There's so much to faithfulness, and the Scriptures talk about it so much as it relates to God and the people who serve God. I've got a few verses, some of my favorite verses when it comes to faithfulness. Lamentations 3, verse 21 says, But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Psalm 85 and verse 10, faithfulness, it's almost like this scripture was written for our series. Faithfulness springs up from the ground and righteousness looks down from the sky. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 2 says, and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, this is Paul talking to Timothy, he says, entrust to faithful men. Faithfulness is solid ground. Faithfulness is tangible. Faithfulness, there's something about it. It's like this consistency. Faithfulness is enduring. And I believe faithfulness and being planted are tethered tightly together in our life. There's action to faithfulness. There's an action. It can't just be about words. When it comes to faithfulness, there's more to it than just words. It goes into action. Consistently showing up. Faithfulness carries this practical element that I believe we need in life and God needs us to have in life as well. People will invest into faithful people. God sends resource to faithful people. God blesses faithful people. And it may sometimes seem like the slow road, but God always honors faithfulness. He always honors. He always lifts up faithful people. He always puts his blessing and his stamp of approval And um, he ordains people who are faithful to him. Can I get an amen in church? If we want to be like trees that are planted in the house, faithfulness has to feature in our lives. So tonight, here's a few things I believe that will help us understand faithfulness as it relates to being planted and flourishing. You ready? Point number one, faithfulness will set you apart. Faithfulness 
will always set you apart. Because faithfulness is not what the majority does and is not who the majority is. Faithfulness isn't common at all. Faithfulness or faithlessness is an attribute of the majority. They come and they go. Think about a crowd, crowd of people. Just kind of show up and then just leave. But people who are faithful are there to the end. Faithfulness is not common. King Solomon said it like this in Proverbs 20 and verse 6. He says, many a man proclaims his own steadfast love. But look at it. But a faithful man who can find. I love it in the message translation. It says lots of people claim to be loyal and loving. But where on earth can you find one? Where on earth can you find one? King Solomon, he declared that faithfulness isn't common. There's a big contrast when it comes to faithfulness, to people who are faithful and people who aren't. The Apostle Paul, he did the same thing. He contrasted faithfulness all the time in his letters, in his writings. He contrasted faithfulness as being something that was different, that was unique. In Philippians 2, Paul's speaking to the faithfulness of Timothy, his understudy, his charge. And he says this in verse 19. He's speaking to the church in Philippi. He says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon. This is, by the way, this is the greatest apostle that ever lived. Wrote so much of our Bible. Just met face to face with Jesus. And he's saying this about Timothy. He says, so that I too may be cheered by news of you. Look at it in verse 20. For I have no one like him. who will be gen- He will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interests not those of Jesus Christ, but you know Timothy's proven worth. Faithfulness. How as a son with a father, he has served me in the gospel. I hope therefore to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me. And I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself will come also. But listen to the language in it. Listen to what he says. He says, I have no one like him. There is no one. He is one of a kind. See, that's the thing about faithfulness, friend. It sets you apart. It means you're different. It means there's not a lot of people over here that are faithful. But there's, there's one or two faithful people over here. There's no one like him. Look, look at what it also says. It says he's genuinely concerned for your welfare. He's genuinely concerned. People who are faithful people, especially as it relates to the house and God, they're concerned for you. They're concerned for me. There's something different about them. It says, for they all seek their own interests. But a faithful person, Paul's saying, he puts their interests behind other people in a different priority, in a different place. And then he says this, for you know his proven worth. Sounds to me like faithful people are set apart people. They're set apart people. They're different people. And I pray that that would be colonial church. One of a kind, genuinely concerned, seeking the interests of others putting on display for our city a proven worth, a faithful worth, separated, set apart. You know, that speaks to dependability. That's what I think about faithfulness. It speaks to dependability. You're able to be, people can depend on you. Faithful people, you can rely on faithful people. You can actually say to someone who's a faithful person, can I count on you? And you can count on them. Faithful people are proved Faithful as the seasons go on. First Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12. 
says, and I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, this is Paul speaking, who has enabled me because he counted me faithful. Counted faithful, which really speaks to counted trustworthy. You know, faithful trees, they're kind of proven over time. Wouldn't you agree? A faithful tree, a strong tree is only really tested when there's a storm. A really strong tree, one that you look at and say, man, that's a, big, that's a big old strong tree right there. How do you know that? Because the storm's rolled through and it's still there. It's faithful. It's hanging around. It's sticking in the ground. It's not going anywhere. It's counted faithful and considered trustworthy. I wonder if I could say that about you. I wonder if people could say that about me, that we're faithful people when it comes to God. I love the other thing about faithfulness is there's longevity attached to a faithful person. It's kind of like they're not here today, gone tomorrow. And I think when it comes to our church, I mean, we never started our church so that it would be sort of like a five-year deal, like a pump and dump. It's too far. (laughs) But we never started it with this kind of this attitude or this mindset that was sort of started and then we'll just kind of see how things go and, you know, if it doesn't really, if it sort of peters out, then we'll just go do something else. We always set, up, set out to be faithful to this endeavor that God's given us, to stay and prove ourselves faithful and counted and counted faithful, considered trustworthy. And see, that's what I love about our church is we're entering that phase now where I believe we've sort of gotten past a little bit of the early stuff and now we're getting to that place where there are people in our city and they're noticing what's happening here. People are seeing what's happening here. People are seeing the interaction with people and the way that people are coming together in community that's authentic and people who love Jesus in a genuine way and they're genuinely concerned for them. And it's changing the dynamic of our city and I believe that's what God intended all along. So point number one, was faithfulness, it'll set you apart. And point number two is faithfulness will take you places. Places you never dreamed. Spaces and places you never thought you could occupy, but faithfulness will take you there. It'll get you there. Psalm 26 and verse 3 says, For your steadfast love is before my eyes, and I walk in your faithfulness. Faithfulness, I believe, has levels to it. But those levels need to be walked out. We need to take them. We need to walk them. We need to walk forward. See, this is what I believe about faithfulness is it takes a step. But if you're, if you're someone who's committed to faithfulness, that leads to a commitment. Okay? So you, you start, you say, okay, I'm going to be a faithful person. I'm going to commit. But then that commitment then does something amazing. That leads to consistency. Hopefully you're ahead of me when you're thinking about the church and our church. But that leads to a consistency. And then I believe that as we're consistent and continue to be faithful, that leads us to credibility. So not only do we start with this thing and we say, okay, I'm going to commit my life, but that leads to consistency, i.e. showing up every week. And then over time, church, over time, we find ourselves in a credible place. Why? Faithfulness. A commitment that leads to consistency that ultimately finds us Credible, in a credible place with credibility attached to it. Consider the way faithfulness took Timothy places. 
Timothy, who became the pastor of the church in Ephesus, one of the most dynamic, incredible early churches in terms of a region, influenced the world. But he started off as just a young boy from Lystra that happened to know the scriptures. But faithfulness took him places from a young person to a young believer. And Paul saw something in him and faithfulness took him to become the pastor of Ephesus, the Ephesian church. But even Paul, he mentions that it was faithfulness that got him to where he was at. It's in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12. I'm going to read it from the Amplified because it's louder. These dad jokes are just coming thick and fast. <laughs> we have three kids now, so you've got lots to enjoy in the future. This is what Paul says about his own journey. He says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has granted me the needed strength and made me able for this because he considered me faithful and trustworthy. But look at it, putting me into service for this ministry. Other translations say appointed me to this ministry. Faithfulness is an enabler in your world. Faithfulness will enable you towards your God-given potential and God-given gifts. I believe that faithfulness is the key to get you there. The faithfulness superhighway. It will get you to your gifts. It will get to you to your God-given purpose. And I believe that God wants to, to bring your gifts and he wants to raise you up. He wants to raise you up in the kingdom of God. And where does that happen? It happens in the local church. Where's Chris? Chris, come on up here. Let's give it up for Chris. But Chris is, he's a worship leader in our church. And, you know, many years ago, before we even started Colonial, I still remember being in front of the cathedral place having had a coffee with Chris and he was just about to go off to Hillsong International Leadership College, which, by the way, is my idea. (laughs) It was his idea, but I strongly encouraged it, didn't I, Chris? Yeah. (laughs) No, it was your idea. Um, But he was going off to college and I, I, I remember just grabbing him for a moment and just saying, man, what do you think about this? What do you think about this idea? What do you think about this thing that I believe God's put on my heart, and Jill's heart, maybe to do this thing? And we talked and, you know, it was through a process of time, but he went off to Hillsong College and did two years of incredible study there and theology and worship and learning the ropes in ministry. And then he came back, he and Mal came back, praise God for that, came back to St. Augustine and jumped right in. And, you know, he just said, you know what, I'm just going to be faithful. I'm just going to get on team. I'm just going to be a part of what God is doing. And it just happened that faithfulness took him places. Faithfulness has actually taken him to a place where we just announced he's not only just a worship leader, he's not only just a part-time young adults pastor, but now he's a full-time young adults pastor in our church. They don't, cheer, they don't cheer like that for me. <laughs> but it's worth celebrating. It's worth getting excited about. 
But here's the point. It was faithfulness. That was the pathway. Got involved and said, what's, what's happening? What can I be a part of? And I said, oh, man, we just really need to, to, to focus on the young people in our church. We need to make sure we're pastoring them well. And we need to make sure that exchange on a Tuesday night is incredible. By the way, I really believe we're going to hit triple digits at exchange pretty soon. But it was a process of faithfulness that got Chris to this point. Thanks, Chris. You can go sit down. But faithfulness will take you places. Faithfulness will take you places that you never dreamed you could go. Or maybe once you did dream about it, maybe God put it on your heart. But it was through the process and the outworking of faithfulness in your life that I believe takes us to a place where we commit, which then leads us to consistency and ultimately finds us credible. How does Paul talk about it? Trustworthy. Considered trustworthy and faithful. So point number two was it'll take you places. And it's the last thing about faithfulness tonight is this. Faithfulness will define you. It'll set you apart. You'll be unique. You'll be different. You'll be, you'll be considered different from the pack. And I believe faithfulness is the pathway and the superhighway with, with which your gifts and talents and what God's put in your hand will take you places. But faithfulness will also define you. It'll become the baseline for you if you live by it. It'll become your story if you allow it. It'll become the story of God working through you and faithfulness will become the branding over you. People will brand you faithful. People will, will declare it over your life. It will define who you are. I believe that faithfulness is the most magnetic quality in a believer's life. It's like a magnet. It just draws people in, draws people in. People come to you and people consider you trustworthy and know that this person is someone I can rely upon, that they're planted in church life and they're trustworthy, they're faithful, they're consistent. But I believe it expands your world. Not only that, but it'll be the type of thing that speaks to so many other people. And people will be drawn in because of your faithfulness, your decision to be faithful and consistent. You know, faithfulness is really what God's all about. You know, in Romans 3, verse 3, it says, What if some were unfaithful? What if some were unfaithful? But it says, does their faithlessness nullify the, faithful, the faithfulness of God? In other words, it doesn't matter whether you're faithful or unfaithful. The belief is and the goal is that we will be faithful people, but no matter what, God is always faithful. He's faithful when we're not. I called it a magnetic quality, faithfulness. And I believe that's what God is. He's faithful and we're drawn to Him. We're drawn into Him and His life. Team, you can come up. But I just pray for this message to be something that resonates with you because this is what we believe, is that faithfulness will carry us forward to everything that God has. I don't know about you, but... There are all kinds, of, all kinds of things that we can encounter in life that might cause us to be unfaithful. But can I encourage you tonight that God has never been unfaithful? He's never been unfaithful. 
He's so sturdy. And one of the words that's used about God is steadfast. And I really feel tonight, there are people in here tonight, and I've been preaching about faithfulness. And you haven't really encountered that steadfast love of God, or maybe you've doubted it over time. This is what I believe tonight. He wants to make His love known to you. He wants to make His steadfast love. Deuteronomy calls Him the God who keeps covenant with His people. He's the type of God, He doesn't leave us, He doesn't forsake us. He is always at His post and He's always ready for you. I wonder if you've ever encountered His faithfulness before. Well, maybe you have, but the truth is you just needed a reminder. You know, in the, in, in the Bible, in one translation, I looked it up, but in the Old Testament, there are 722 references to God's faithfulness. And in the New Testament, there's 530 references to God's faithfulness. Here's the point, God's faithful. He doesn't leave us. And Scripture says, I think it's in 2 Timothy, it says that even when we're unfaithful, God is still faithful and He cannot deny Himself. He's steadfast, He's immovable, and He's not going anywhere. Would you stand with me tonight? We're going to worship. I want to pray for you. But I'm not sure what part of that message spoke to you, but this is what I know. Is it God tonight? He wants to make His love known to you. And in a whole new way, He wants to reveal Himself to you. And how does He do that? He does it through His faithfulness. He shows up. He's consistent. He's credible. He's committed to you. I wonder if you've ever heard that before. You know, what's amazing is even if you come to church every single week, but it can be tonight, this week, all over again, God can reveal His faithfulness to you in a whole new way. He can confirm the way He's been faithful before, but today in a new way, in a fresh way, with fresh anointing attached to it. He can reveal Himself faithful to you. So I wonder what that looks like for you. I said this earlier in the service, this is what I believe that God's doing right now. He's calling people to a greater level of surrender. He's leading His people to a place of greater surrender than there ever was before. And you may have been going to church your whole life, But I believe what God is saying tonight is He's saying, come a little bit further. Go a little bit deeper. Come to a place with me where I can show myself to you faithful. Let me show my faithfulness to you because why? I cannot deny myself and I want to make it known to you. So I want to pray for you. And we're going to worship in just a moment. But I really sense tonight there are people in here and I don't know if it's because you've just lost hope or you've been encountering doubt. But this concept of God's faithfulness to you is kind of feels once removed, feels a little bit far away. I want to pray for you tonight. And I really want to ask the Holy Spirit tonight to go to work in your heart and show Himself faithful to you and show you maybe a new way of the Father, a new glimpse of God that maybe you've never seen before, that you've never encountered before, that that you've just, you walk away from this place tonight saying, wow, I knew God was good, but man, He's good. Like He was good last week or He was good in this last season, but you know what? He's good. 
And it's not like he didn't reveal himself to you before he did. But you see what's happening is he's taking you to a deeper level. He's taking you to a place that can only happen through a greater level of surrender. So I wonder if that's you tonight. So with every head bowed, I just want you to take a moment. Ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? What does this look like for me? How can I go a little bit deeper tonight? How can I encounter God in a new way tonight? Holy Spirit, help me do that. If that's you tonight, this is resonating with you and you want that, just lift your hand. I'm going to pray for you. So many hands raised. We're going to pray and then we're going to sing. But I would just love it in this moment if you could just in your heart of hearts, just go to that deeper level of surrender when we pray this prayer and allow the Holy Spirit, just like open doors, just picture open doors to the entrance of your heart and just allowing the Holy Spirit to come in. Holy Spirit, we pray right now. Lord, we just thank you right now. Father, we just love you so much. And God, like a child talking to a father, Father, we just open up our hearts to you, Lord, like the prodigal son. The way he encountered the Father is the way you want to encounter all of us. Ready, able, willing, with all the blessings and all the good good stuff that comes from knowing you and being in relationship with you. And I just pray tonight for all the people that raise their hands that they would encounter that love in a whole new way that they would encounter that faithfulness in a whole new way. Lord, through the portal of surrender, Lord, whatever that deeper level is, whether it's just letting go of something they were holding on to before or whatever that blockage is, God, I just pray through the power of your Holy Spirit, you would remove it right now. Jesus, 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 Jesus. We hope you got something out of that message. We would really love to connect with you. Why not join us at church on Sundays? Or connect with us at colonialchurch.life. We would also love it if you could hit the subscribe button, maybe leave a comment for us or a review to really help us move the ministry of Colonial forward. In Jesus' name, God bless you.